Welcome to Discover. We're glad you joined us today on our podcast. Be sure to check us out online at discovercc.org. Today, we continue in our series called Anxious for Nothing, based on the book by Max Lucado. We're looking at practical, God-centered resources that can help us discover peace in a chaotic world. Here is Steve Murphy, our lead minister. Thanks for being here. We are in our final week of Anxious for Nothing. So I uh, hope you've been enjoying this series. It's been really good for me and for our life group and uh, my D group. We've been talking about a lot of good things through that. Just a reminder that in your life group, you're going to have a totally different perspective on the message, if you will, from the text. It's going to be different in there than what you get in here. And uh, so again, even if you've missed life group every other week. Jump in this week, get in there, and uh, just see how God will use that. So I'm going to ask you, if you would, to stand with me, and we are going to read. Uh, If you can't stand, that's totally cool. I get that. Um, Not everybody can, and I'm, you know, we should acknowledge that reality, but if you can, I want us to stand and read all of this together. Some of you may have it fully memorized, and that's awesome. If you don't, that's totally cool too, but let's read the Word of God together. Here we go. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Let's pray. God, we ask that we would truly lean into this, that out of our relationship with you and putting these principles into practice, we would experience your peace that goes so far beyond anything the world could ever give or understand. We honor you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, before you sit down, (laughs) this is a little strange. I've never done this. Now all the people that have known me for a while are like, oh no, what's coming? Because he's really strange. Could we just give God a hand for his word? To give him thanks. Thank you. It's such a blessing to have the Word of God. So many people in our world don't have it. We just need to be grateful that we do. So, this week we're on the fifth principle, if you will. There are five principles that we're talking about that can really be beneficial to us as we try to reduce the anxiousness in our lives. And today we're going to call it a win. Today is that's a win. So when we put these things into practice, we say, yeah, that really is a win. Not because of us, but because of Jesus. So the five principles, again, are these. To rejoice always. To be gentle because God is near. To pray with thanksgiving. 
to experience God's peace. And then today to think about, we're just going to use one word to kind of summarize all those, that list of several words, to think about worthwhile things. To think about worthwhile things. You know, it's, it's great help for our anxiousness when we engage in these things. And one more time, we want to acknowledge and say that it's okay, that there are certain types of anxiousness and other things that require some additional help with some Christian counseling especially, or some, some meds, things that are going to be beneficial. God will use those as well. And so we will always want to make um, that statement. We are completely aware of that fact, and you should not feel anything bad about that. That is a, a way that God can use to help heal you and to help bring you into a place of peace. So if you need that, seek that out. And, and if you need some help with that, we can find some Christians who can help you in that especially. So those principles. Now, I have a confession to make. You know, we're talking about anxiousness. I woke up at 2.30 in the morning on Tuesday. I had something on my mind. I just couldn't get it off my mind. It was causing me anxiousness. And as I began to think about that, did I go to these principles? No, I did not. I went to the second thing on my list that was causing me anxiousness. And then I did three and four, and I never went back to sleep. I'm just telling you, honest, guys, I did not go back to sleep on Tuesday. Later on that day, I was like, what am I doing? So I physically got on an Excel spreadsheet, and I put down the list. There were 13 things that I had been staying up at night being anxious about. And so I, I listed them. I said, God, I want you to help me with this. Would you just walk me through this? And to the right. Not that everything has been resolved, because it hasn't. But to the right of those, I said, God, help me see where you're doing things through this. Would you help me list the things that are positive, the things that are, are good, that can come out of this? And for all 13, it took me about five minutes to have all of those, probably less than that. Because God is able to work in all situations. And so Tuesday night when I went to bed and Satan started messing with me, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to pray about this. I'm going to fall asleep and rest in the Lord. And I woke up Friday morning. No, that's not true. <laughs> I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's great if you can memorize these verses. That's awesome. We need to memorize the word of God and put this into our hearts. But it's better when we live them out, right? Because honestly, I did that, all of those verses by memory, yay, Steve, but Tuesday night I couldn't sleep, you know? So you got to live them, not just memorize them. It's really important. Um, so that's kind of what we're talking about. To live out these principles, how does that work? And the main idea here in verse 8, which is what we're talking about today, is to live it out by thinking about good things. See, when we live these out, it helps us to be more like Jesus. And here at Discover, that's how we define a win. A win at Discover is if someone is becoming more like Jesus. That's it. That's the definition of a win. So the idea here is to think about things that are, are good, things that are godly, things that are worthwhile. Now, worthwhile, obviously, you figured that out. It's two words, right? It's worthwhile. So it's worth your while. The things that you're thinking about, are worthy of the amount of time that you're taking to think about them. So Tuesday at 2.30 in the morning, when I was thinking about those things, I wasn't doing that in a worthwhile way. Tuesday afternoon, I was. Same things, different perspective, 
a godly perspective the second time through. And that's huge. It's very, very important. And it's really interesting. Jesus talks a lot about our thoughts. You can go into Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the longest passage we have that Jesus is talking. It's typically called the Sermon on the Mount. And he, over and over, says, you know, you've heard these things, but I tell you these things. And the, the second part, the stuff that he's talking about, there were these kind of these external things you're supposed to do. The internal stuff is what Jesus wants us to think about to process, to, to work on. Because what comes out of us is the thing that's most important because it comes out from our interior. So our thought life is huge. Very, very important. And Jesus wants us to think about worthwhile things. You've heard the phrase, you are what you eat, right? And I think that's probably true. Unfortunately, I think I'm worth a lot because I eat a lot, evidently, so I'm worthy. But um, we need to think about things that are good, wholesome. So you are what you eat may be true to a certain extent, it certainly is, but you are what you think is also true. You are what you take in. You are what you process, and that's huge. So we're going to think about this concept by using Psalm chapter 1. We're going to be using verses 1 through 3. The first psalm, the very first of these passages that just help us to connect with God in so many different ways. So uh, Psalm 1 is where we're going to be. And the idea is that we would be nourished by God. We're going to be nourished by God. So let's dig into Psalm 1, and we're just going to read verses 1 through 3. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. So as we think about this idea of thriving, of, of having a win, what we're seeing here is a picture of spiritual health. A picture, too, of mental health, but especially of spiritual health. And it comes down to two important concepts. The first one is this, don't. There are some things we should not do. It says, don't walk on the wicked path. Wicked is defined as something that is good for nothing. It brings no benefit. Don't walk on that path. It's a path that leads to spoil and affliction. That can be our sinful habits which breaks our relationship with God and our relationship with people. So they say, don't do those things. And this idea of mocking, man, I am a cynical person. I can lean so easily into mockery, and it's not what God would have for us. It means to, to make fun of or to show contempt. It's basically, it's spiritual bullying. Emotional bullying, relational bullying. Don't do those things. Don't get into those negative patterns. And, and there's a, a translation. It's actually a paraphrase called The Message. A lot of you are familiar with it, but it's uh, a man named Eugene Peterson, great Bible scholar who died, I believe, last year. And uh, he just took the Bible and he wrote it out in his own like contemporary version. And uh, it's not a translation, but it is a paraphrase. And he just wants to 
to give it kind of a different perspective. And I like the way that he often says things. They just sort of grab you a little differently. And this is how he translates this part, the don't part. He says, you don't hang out at Sin Saloon. You don't slink along dead end road. You don't go to Smart Mouth College. And I thought, well, that last one was really for Steve. (laughs) It's about making sure that the, the things that are coming in are not negative, that are not destructive. Last night, Teresa and I um, started to watch a television show. Honestly, the further it went, the more we thought, this is not what God wants us to watch. And so we did this really odd thing. I don't know if you've seen this before, but you know, you, you can start a video. There's another button. You can actually stop it. And that's what we did. And we said, this is not what we're going to watch. You know, that's not to give honor to us. That's just to say we have choices, right? What we choose is, is going to affect us. And so sometimes it's just really helpful to just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going down that road. I'm not going to do those things. So when we, when we get rid of these things that are filling our mind that are destructive or worthless, that's going to prevent us from thriving. It's going to prevent us from winning. So the first thing is don't. Just ignore those things. Put them out. Get away. Flee. The second thing is things that we should do. So there are the don'ts and the do's. And I know that sounds like religiousness. It's not. This is about a relationship with God. To be in a relationship with God, there are things that are helpful and things that are harmful. So don't do the harmful things. Do the helpful things to be in a relationship. The, the doing is to delight in godly principles, to meditate on them. The right path leads to a good destination. Good and godly habits are going to bring good results. And again, back to Eugene Peterson's paraphrase, the message, the do part is, instead you thrill to God's word, you chew on scripture day and night, you're like a tree replanted in Eden, bearing fresh fruit every month, never dropping a leaf, always in blossom. Again, kind of a cool way to think about it. So fill your mind with things that are beneficial, things that are worthwhile, and that's going to promote thriving. That's going to promote a win. See, we can't always control the situation. We know that. We can't control what's going on around us, but we can control what we think about, what we focus on, how we react to that. We have to say, in this situation, whatever this situation is, can I find anything that's true, that's noble, that's right, that's pure, that's lovely, that's admirable, that's excellent or praiseworthy? Can I think about that in this situation? And we try to do that. See, what we focus on is going to affect our progress. It's going to affect our growth. It's going to affect the win. Psalm 1 says, you are like a tree. And when you think about our own lives, especially our, our thoughts, we're kind of like this tree that's planted by water, that's nourished, that there's good soil, there's good food, there's good water. And as we've seen already in the book of John, Jesus says that he is, what, the bread of life. And he is the living water. And we all know water is absolutely essential for us to thrive, to live. And bread is is the staple item of that time. So he's saying the food that you need on a daily basis, that's who I am. So we're talking about being connected to Jesus, thriving in Jesus. But I was thinking about how we are like maybe a, a garden or a lawn. Now, if you have a garden or a lawn, you know that they just don't get beautiful on their own, do they? (laughs) There's some work that's involved. There's some effort 
that it takes. And you know this is true because like we have some people in our neighborhood who were like meticulous lawn people. And then they moved and then non-meticulous lawn people moved in. And it takes about three months, maybe one year until you're like, wow, that is a really interesting just variety of things they have growing in their lawn now. So it takes some work. So I was thinking about this. If you, if you look at the scriptures, there are other places where Jesus and, and the, the writers talk about this thought life of ours. So for example, if you think about uh, this verse, 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says that we should take every thought captive and make it obey Jesus. And, and I thought about that. I thought that's, that's kind of like a weedy kind of thing. Like you got these weedy thoughts, these destructive thoughts that come into your mind. You take those captive. So you get out your weed stop, right? And you, you spray that stuff on there. Or you get out, if it's really severe, you get out the brush killer. It just like destroys everything. Uh, you just got to have some of these things to, to help get rid of them. And sometimes, you know, you got to get in there and like physically, like, you know, it's going to take a little work. You know, sometimes you got to get in and Jesus is going to say, hey, you know, sometimes the Father's going to need to prune you. So there's this thing going on. Our thoughts are, are things that are living. And they need to be cared for. They need to be taken care of. So destructive, weedy thoughts, we need to say, Jesus, would you help me capture that thing? Would you pull it out? Would you destroy it and make it obedient to you? There's another thing that's going on. This is like the healthy stuff that we need to do. Romans 12 talks about how we need to be different than the world. We don't need to be like the world. We don't need to look like the world. We don't need to act like the world. We don't need to think like the world. We need to be transformed. And that happens by renewing our mind. And that's done as we connect to God. So that's done in very tangible ways by the Word of God, by prayer, by spending time in fasting or silence, just listening, being in fellowship with other people, growing together. This is the nourishment that we need. And that reminds me of the things like the fertilizer spikes that I need to put, that I bought two months ago. I still haven't put around our pine trees. The food that we use for our flowers, the weed stop, but it also has the fertilizer in it, right? That stuff is, is a daily kind of nutrition that the, the plants need. And just the good soil that God already provided. It's got to happen on a consistent basis and it's got to be nourishing. And if that what you're putting into your plants or your lawn or whatever is bad and destructive, what's going to happen to them? They're going to die or they're going to wilt. They're not going to thrive. So you have to provide good nutrition. And that's what these things help us to do. But again, for this, it's being connected to Jesus. Renewing our minds on a daily basis. What we focus on affects our progress. It matters where we keep our mind because it's going to help direct us, good or bad. Some of you guys know Brian and Gail Borton. They used to be here. The Borton family is still here. We love the Bortons. Our personal family is like family with the Bortons. And uh, we've just known them for years and years and years. But when Brian and Gail were here one Sunday, Brian preached. And I should have asked Marcus's permission. That's their son, but I didn't. So I'll talk to Marcus later and pay him five bucks or something. Brian told this story that just really impacted me about Marcus. So Marcus was learning to ride his bike and they lived on a court. And whenever Marcus was, was riding, he would do really well, except for one thing. There was this mailbox 
and he kept running into the mailbox. Like, Every time he would ride, he would start off great. They'd get him as far away from the mailbox as they possibly could on the court. He'd ride and ride, and then he would just go right, and he would hit the mailbox. And they were like, don't hit the mailbox. It's not the goal. <laughs> and he, I know. They finally figured out, guess what he was doing? He was focusing on the mailbox. He had his eyes, his mind, his thoughts on don't hit the mailbox, don't hit the mailbox, don't hit the mailbox. And as soon as he got rid of the mailbox thoughts, he didn't hit it again. What we focus on determines where we're going to go. It's a really important concept. So that's why in Hebrews chapter 12, it says that we should focus on Jesus. The one who started our faith, the one who perfected our faith, the one who runs the race with us. We focus on Jesus, and that's where we're going to head. And that's like in the lawn world, that four bag thing you get, plus the grub control or whatever else, right? You know, it's a seasoned long kind of thing. It's not just once. You focus. The goal here is for my lawn to look good, and it's going to take some determination. It's going to take some dedication. I'm going to head that direction. So we have to consistently focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus, focus on Jesus. If we want to stay strong to the very end, then we focus on Jesus. And it, remember, God guards our hearts and our minds. God is with us in this process. And in fact, he's the only way that this can actually work. When we apply these verses, when we apply the idea of getting destructive thoughts out taking them captive to Jesus, well, that's a win. And when we focus on the Word of God, and we are renewed day by day, that's a win. And when we keep our focus on Jesus, the one who is going to help us the entire way, that's a win. When we think about God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and we are nourished daily, then that's a win. And, and it's not being nourished by a list that we check off. It's being nourished by a relationship that we lean into every day. See, it's not just about positive thinking, although I think that's important. I think Christians should be the most positive people in the world. We're, we're told we should not complain. We should learn to be content. And if you like me, have a, tend a tendency, a bent sort of toward the negative and, and the, the kind of cynical, we need to confess that and say, God, would you help me to think more like you do? But it's more than that. It's more than just thinking positive thoughts. It's thinking worthwhile thoughts, godly thoughts. So we say, God, what can I focus on in this situation that points me to Jesus? It's also not about prosperity. Like, if I just believe this, then good things are going to happen, you know? And, and again, a positive thought life is vital, but it's not necessarily going to take away your sickness. It's not necessarily going to bring you monetary wealth. However, God does want us to, what it says in verse 3, prosper. God wants us to prosper in the best definition of that word. 
The idea behind that word is to be powerful, to push forward, to break out. God wants us to win. He wants us to move forward. He wants us to grow. He wants us to be healthy spiritually, emotionally, relationally. And yes, if you follow God's principles, you will be healthier financially. You will be healthier physically. That's just true. You see, the enemy wants to kill us, destroy us. But Jesus in John 10.10 says, I have come so that you may have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. That's what Jesus wants for us. And so we, we come back to the summary of these verses. To rejoice always. To be gentle because God is near. To pray about every situation and do that with thanksgiving. To experience God's peace. To think about worthwhile things. And you know, this isn't so much linear as it is circular. It's a process. It's a process that brings progress. And as we progress, we become more like Jesus, and that is a win. God wants us to grow, especially spiritually. He gave everything so that we could do that. Tomorrow is Memorial Day, and we are blessed in our nation. And we need to remember the sacrifice that has been made so that we could experience freedom. We need to honor that sacrifice. And every day, we need to remember what Jesus has done for us to give us freedom. Freedom from sin. Freedom from death. Freedom from slavery. Jesus wants to give us those things. And we need to honor that sacrifice every day. So let's be grateful. It says, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And let's be generous. Let's be generous because God does not want this message to be just for the people in this room. God wants this message to go out to the entire world. You see, God wants people around us to thrive as well, to win as well. And when we have reduced anxiousness, that means we can be increasingly participative in the mission and the vision that God has for us. And just a reminder of what that is. Our mission is to love God and to love people and impact the world. That comes from what is called the great commandment when Jesus was asked, what's the most important thing of all? He said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. That's the foundation. And when we get that, that's a win. And growing out of that, part of that impact the world sort of unpacks this way. The most important thing we can do is to help people in their relationship with Jesus. And that's what our vision is about. To reach people wherever they are, to love them, to imitate Jesus together, and to duplicate that process over and over, making disciples who make disciples. When we help others and grow ourselves to be more like Jesus, then that is a win. You know, today is the Indy 500, and uh, one of the guys in our discipleship group a couple years ago got us these men's devotionals, and I was reading this week 
And it says, today is the running of the Indy 500. Things have changed since 100 years ago when the first Indianapolis 500 race took place. First class stamps were two cents. A gallon of gas was six cents. A new home was under $3,000. Man, you can buy a refrigerator for $3,000. The Titanic was being built. A woman drove across the country for the first time. And carmaker Henry Ford offered workers an eight-day workday and a daily wage of $5. Today, the famed motor race is still 500 miles, 200 laps, and a whole lot of left turns. The cars have changed, but the desire for the pace car to get out of the way has not. You know, though the methods of reaching people, of loving them, of imitating Jesus together, though those things may have changed over 2,000 years, the message of Jesus is still the same and will always be the same. Jesus came to save us, to be in relationship with us. And the purpose of the great commandment and the great commission which our vision is built on is still the same 2,000 years later. It's for us to be in relationship with God and for us to grow with others and to help others grow in their relationship with God. That's it. And that's what we as a church are committed to do. Because when we are in authentic relationship with God, we can truly be anxious for nothing And that is a win. Let's pray. God, we are grateful that you have given us everything we need to find peace, even during times that are challenging. Would you remind us to lean into the principles of your truth, principles that grow out of an authentic relationship with you? So help us um, to rejoice always, to live out gentleness, because you are truly near, to pray about every situation with thanksgiving, to think about worthwhile things, and then to rest in the peace that only you can give. May we each grow in you, God, to be more like Jesus. And may we help others to grow as well, together, imitating Jesus. And God, would you help us especially to reach out to those who have no relationship with you and to help them get started and to walk focusing on Jesus and to grow and to thrive. We thank you for your word, which brings truth to us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit who lives in us. And we thank you for Jesus who brings true victory, both now and forever. In his name we pray. Amen. This has been a sermon series by Discover Christian Church. Find more at discovercc.org.